We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. It's absurd. It's inane. It's... It's... It's Coolio, if you don't know, and it is time for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in uh, somewhat dark Halifax today. It is kind of rainy out there. Um, we'll get to some more weather details in about a half an hour's time. But for now, it is 5 p.m. It is time for that weekend feeling and uh, should be a pretty interesting weekend. Um... If you don't know, if you are in Halifax and listening to this live, um, yeah, Nocturne is uh, tomorrow evening and night. Uh, it is a really interesting um, art exhibit that happens all throughout downtown and north and Halifax as well as Alderney. Uh, so uh, I think they have... Um, yeah, they have a guide in uh, the Coast newspaper, if you are so interested. And uh, it is definitely worth uh, having, a uh, having a look at that. Um, I will be wandering around and checking out what is uh, the haps over there. But for now, we're just going to uh, take a look over at uh, what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net. There's some nifty stuff going on out there. Like, for instance, uh, there are two new episodes of Jason's Run Through Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Scarlet brings us a new Let's Play of a game called Blood, as requested by Jason. Uh, Jason brings us two... Uh, yes... No, four. Four new episodes of The Little King's Story. Ah, ah, ah. Um, two new episodes of Gun. Scarlet with three new episodes of God of War, Ghost of Sparta. Um, and a new Let's Play of Duke Nukem 3D for uh, Life's a Beach. Um, it's probably like an expansion thing or something. Three new episodes there, anyway. And uh, three new episodes of Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age, which I, I didn't even know you had that series going on. This is kind of interesting. Um, we have a couple of new episodes of... Um, uh, well, we have one new episode, anyway, of Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, The Brain That Wouldn't Die, which is Mike Nelson's first episode, as well as Judge Dread, uh, Dread versus Death. We have the, um, excuse me, the um, music for that available on the site, as well as a reading of Strawberry Spring by Stephen King, read by Jason Parton. This is Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Time for some music.
Victor and Renard are puppets of the servant and guard. Just one feeling for me to kill for her. If I can't conquer death, what can stop me now? I've made my way throughout the castle, time is running out. I have to make a choice, because half my blood is here, so I want that destroyed. When he's all I have left, go back on which you came, before I find you here. Your servant could invert the castle, I could disappear. We wouldn't have to fight, and I could still have half the blood within me stay alive. To think that he could change Mother's words could show him That we could be humane Or am I too far gone now? Has all the blood been drawn out? Father, watch your name From your arms Didn't want to be reborn But you've got me now And I have come to defeat you In your mind You are done with humankind You wish me and you two were lying But I got you now And I have come to defeat you You were scorned Tearing Lisa from your arms Didn't want to be reborn But you've got me now I have come to defeat you In your mind You are done with humankind You wish me and you two were lying But I got you now You are listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was Deliver Alucard from Professor Shy Guy from the album Chiptunes Equal Win Volume 7 and definitely not from today's game from the archives. But that would be pretty cool if it was. Led by the immortal Count Dracula, the greatest army of evil ever assembled is poised to bury mankind in a tomb of terror. Destroying this legion of swamp dragons, slasher skeletons, and forces of the undead will be the supreme challenge for the mightiest of warriors. Your place in history is 100 years before Simon Belmont's birth. Dracula is young at heart, and it will take more than a stake to penetrate his evil. Luckily, you command the role of Trevor, Simon's forefather, and the origin of the Belmont warlord chromosomes. Trevor has a power never seen before by human eyes, the power to transform into three different spirits, Grant Dynasty, the ferocious ghost pirate, Sifa, the mystic warlord, and Alucard, Dracula's forgotten son. You must perfectly time Trevor's body transformations to match up his different fighting spirits against ultimate evils. Trevor also has the strength and wisdom to command the battle axe, invisibility potion, and mystic whip. But the most important uh, the most important weapon Trevor has is your cunning to choose the correct paths of fate and your bravery to lead 
carried him past 17 possible levels of never-ending doom, including the haunted ship of fools, the sunken city of poltergeist, the clock tower of untimely death, and cursed castle. Never... <laughs> yes, it keeps going. We're almost there. Never before have so many dangers confronted you at one time. And if by some miracle you triumph, you'll no longer be a mere mortal. You'll be a legend who will live forever. <sighs> that was the back of the box for Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse. It is an action platformer game for the Nintendo Entertainment System developed and published by Konami and released in 1990. I think I've said pretty much everything that needs to be said about this game other than the fact that we have two playlists on the site for it. Jade Farrell with uh, five videos as well as a couple of um, extras I guess you could say and Jason with nine videos. Those are available over at lowbiasgaming.net. Check them out. Oh! 
And that was Face Eater a la Mode by Deadbeat Blast. And you are listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And as is usual with this portion of the show, we're going to go over to see what is up with the news of the weird. Now, as usual, I will note that I am looking for something similar to, but not exactly news of the weird in that same digest format, so I'm not reading the exact same thing as Jason in our um, sister podcast, um, Electric Leftovers. If you have any suggestions, uh, feel free to leave them over on my Twitter at Square Sim, S Y M. And uh, also, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these might not jive well with all audiences. This segment is about 12 to 14 minutes long, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today What a Difference an Apostrophe Makes. Genevieve Snow, 29, hired a Brooklyn company, Joanna's Cleaning Service, to spruce up her apartment on August 27th. It wasn't her first transaction with the company, and she let two women in before leaving for work that day. But when one of Snow's roommates woke up, she found one of the cleaning ladies sitting on the couch eating. You know when you're not supposed to be doing something, people jerk up really quickly? They did that, the roommate, Kristen Nepomuceno, 28, uh, told the New York Post. Nepomuceno left for work, but when she returned around 5.30pm, the apartment was trashed, one of the ladies was gone, and the other was passed out on the kitchen floor next to a smashed spice rack. She quickly left and called police, who arrived to find the cleaning lady was sitting on the couch eating ice cream. She is hammered beyond hammered, Nepomuceno uh, said. New York police refused to file a report, so Snow gave the cleaning service a bad review on Yelp. Blasphemy. Thus, when the owner of the company, Snow, had previously used Joanna Cleaning Service, got in touch to say a former, fired, employee had started Joanna's Cleaning Service and had taken Snow for a ride. Now, Snow can't get in touch with either Joanna and just wants to find out who's responsible for the damage so she can sue them. Wait, so there are two Joanna's cleaning services? Okay. I, I don't know. The world is weird. We all know the world is weird. That's why this segment exists. Uh, Speaking of weird, how about some weird science and not the movie? Officials in Midway, Arkansas still don't know what caused flames to shoot out of a hole in the ground on September 17th. Volunteer Fire Chief Donald Tucker was summoned to private property at the edge of town where the flames were shooting up to 12 feet high, reported the Springfield News Leader. Uh, Tucker inspected the site after the fire subsided and said the two-foot diameter hole was about three feet deep and made a 45-degree turn at the bottom. I took a temperature reading of it, and it showed 780 degrees inside the hole, he added. 
I believe that's probably Fahrenheit. Uh, but he couldn't identify the source of the flames. There are no gas lines nearby, and there was no smell of gas before or during the fire. He also ruled out a meteor strike or flaming space junk. Geologists from the Arkansas Geological Survey inspected the hole and concluded that it had been dug by an animal, but they still took soil samples for testing. County Judge Mickey Pendergrass said Satan had also been ruled out. Good, so it's not Diablo. I'm glad. He's bound to strike again soon. I mean... That's kind of spoilers, but there's going to be a Diablo 4. We all know there's going to be a Diablo 4, but now's not the time. Our next story... Awesome! Uh, Kotaku.com reported on October 3rd that gamer Xopher credits the arcade game Dance Dance Revolution with restoring his health. Xopher grew up in Arkansas and loved playing DDR at arcades, but when his cardiologist told him he'd have to trim down from his 325 pounds or risk needing a heart transplant, Xopher got serious about the game. He found an excellently priced DDR machine on eBay and restored it, starting with just three games a night. Between 2014 and 2018, he got down to under 200 pounds. I've gone from a blood pressure of 140 over 80 to 112 over 65. I was healthy for the first time in my life. He also said he's now playing DDR competitively. Well, it just goes to show that video games can be a good influence. I mean, we need more of this press in the news instead of this whole violence is you know destroying our children and destroying our families and kicking my dog no that's not always the case there are some good things that can happen too family values ladies and gentlemen on the day esther price 95 of pamphlin virginia was admitted to the hospital with an unexplained illness her son-in-law jack david price 56 kindly brought her a coffee not an ordinary event, according to an investigator. Doctors found signs of meth in her system, reported the news in advance. Jack Price's stepdaughter told the Appomattox? Appomattox? Appomattox. Yes, Appomattox. That name, man. Appomattox County Sheriff's Office. She suspected he was trying to kill his mother-in-law, and a neighbor said Price had once told him he should put, uh, he should quote, put some meth in her drink. They then claimed to only be kidding. On October 4th, Price was sentenced to six years in prison after pleading guilty to two felonies. Don't say things like that. You got some people who will take these things seriously. People. People, people, people. Okay. Leading to our next story, more or less, fun suckers. Yes. If you're over 12 years old in certain parts of Virginia, you'd better hustle up your own fun for Halloween night. In several communities surrounding Chesapeake and Newport News, KUTV reported, city codes make it clear that a... Uh, make it... Uh, rather, a misdemeanor for anyone over 12 to wear a costume and troll the neighborhood for candy. Penalties include fines, $25 to $100, and up to six months in jail. 
even lawful trick-or-treaters must be done by 8 p.m. And in, Nor in Newport News, parents accompanying children may not wear masks. From the title of the story, I'm gonna guess it's one bad apple that spoiled the bunch, but oh my goodness. Let let the children have their have their Halloween. And even after 8 p.m., let the adults have their Halloween too. There are celebr there are celebrations to be had, people. Come on. Well I guess if the adults are not asking for candy, they're fine. So, there's that. Inexplicable. Stacy Tinney of Charleston, West Virginia, was expecting a bank statement when she picked up her mail on October 8th, but instead she just found one item in her mailbox. A laminated picture of a llama wearing sunglasses. Tinney's surveillance video showed, quote, a woman was hanging out of the passenger side of a black pickup truck, removing things from my mailbox, and looked like she was putting something inside my mailbox, Tinney said. WCHS reported other neighbors also were missing mail and packages that day. Tinney told reporters the mail thieves claimed to be, quote, handing out wedding invitations, but she was dubious. We don't know anybody who knows a llama personally. Charleston police are investigating. People with too much time on their hands, such as people putting llamas into mailboxes, but also this person in Japan. Producers and sellers of Sendai, a type of rice cracker, joined together in Soka, Japan on October 3rd to break the Guinness World Record for... Wait for it... Creating the largest rice cracker mosaic. Mm -hmm. um, it actually said wait for it in the story. Not Check it out. Newsoftheweird.com uh, About 200 people constructed a rendering of Leonardo, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa using seven different colors of rice cracker. The mosaic, according to United Press International, measured 1,250 square feet and required more than 23,000 crackers. It was immediately then devoured partly by Katamari. Because Japan. Recurring themes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Frontier Airlines removed a passenger before takeoff from a flight from Orlando, Florida to Cleveland on October 9th because of her non-allowed emotional support animal, a squirrel. Passengers were alerted to a, quote, situation. Sorry, Mike. Uh, and told they needed to exit the airplane, according to 24-year-old flyer Brandon Nixon of Ashland, Ohio. You expect the worst when they say something like that, Nixon told the Associated Press. When, she, when he asked a flight attendant for more information, quote, all she said was, a squirrel. Police were called when the woman and her squirrel refu uh, refused to deplane, and she was escorted through the terminal, pumping her fist in the air as she held the squirrel on her lap. People getting a little squirrely on them flights, aren't they? 
Now here, here's kind of an interesting story. Before 9-11, there was something like 16 people on the no-fly list. By 2013, I think it was? 47,000. And possibly one more now. Just because of a squirrel. Our least competent criminal of the week, a Springfield, Missouri man, took to Facebook in July to proudly demonstrate how to remove an ankle monitor. Dustin W. Burns, 33, had pleaded guilty earlier this year to violating a restraining order and was placed on probation. Authorities believe it is Burns using a butter knife and a screwdriver in the video saying, this is how you take an ankle bracelet off without breaking the circuit, according to the Springfield News Leader. That two mentions of the News Leader this week? That's weird. The narrator advises against damaging the electronic equipment so as to avoid thousands of dollars in fines. Subsequent Facebook posts reference trips to Utah, Idaho, and Oregon, and a video shows a man resembling Burns walking through a large marijuana farm with the caption, Dream Come True. He has been in the Greene County Jail since August 28th and was charged in early October with tampering with electronic monitoring equipment, a felony. So I, I hope it wasn't just for marijuana, because that's really not that big of a deal. I mean, it's going to be illegal within a week in Canada, so... But still, don't take off your ankle bracelet if you have one. That's not a good idea. And our final story for today, police report. Because we haven't had enough of those so far. Police officers in Richardson Forest Preserve near Cincinnati thought they had come across a body in a plastic trash bag dumped in the woods on October 4th. Instead, they found Mandy, a life-size female sex doll, according to the Metro News. Residents from the area have erected a shrine in the doll's memory, leaving flowers and candles, along with messages such as, Mandy, you are taken too soon. We will remember you fondly. Rest in peace. The doll is thought to be an expensive high-end model, which makes the mystery of its disposal even more perplexing. Maybe they were just trying to reenact that one episode of The Cleveland Show. I don't really know, and it's probably best not to ask too many questions about this and just move on to the weather for this week. It looks like yeah, what? Yeah, it looks like we have a rainfall warning in effect. Uh, rain at times heavy is expected. Additional rainfall amounts of 5 to 10 millimeters are expected this evening as a frontal system and post-tropical storm Michael both continue eastward. Slightly higher amounts approaching 15 millimeters are possible along the Atlantic coast. Please continue to monitor future forecasts from Environment and Climate Change Canada as rainfall warnings, uh, warnings may be expanded. Heavy downpours can cause flash floods and water pooling on roads. Localized flooding in low-lying areas is possible. Rainfall warnings are issued when significant rainfall is expected. 
on to the rest of the weather. Currently light rain and 13 degrees here in Halifax. Looking at possibly a thunder shower tonight and rain at times heavy as just mentioned with a low of 6 degrees. Saturday, October 13th, mainly cloudy and a high of 10 degrees going down to a low of 5 and 6% chance of showers at night. Sunday, October 14th, uh, sunny skies and 13 degrees going down to a low of 6 degrees and clear skies at night. Monday, October 15th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 14 degrees going down to a low of 12 degrees at night and periods of rain. That rain will continue into Tuesday, October 16th with a high of 14 going down to a low of 6 degrees at night and cloudy periods. Uh, Wednesday, October 17th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 12 degrees going down to a low of 4 at night and cloudy periods. And Thursday, October 18th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 8 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Time to get some more music on the way.
That was Welcome Home by Miss Paya, and you are listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. You're home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and I found a thing. Yes, I have found a thing, and I will share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing, because I am the most original person in the world. God darn it. Um, yes. So, I uh, might not be able to get through this entire thing, but uh, we'll see how far we can go. Uh, basically, in today's world, as far as the gaming industry is concerned, uh, we have the big names that we've always had. We have our Nintendos and our Capcoms and our Konamis and our, you know, Sega and all that. But it's easier than ever for independent developers to get into the game. There are some really good indie games that are coming out, but how much is too much? Honestly, there are a lot of games and it's hard to get through and see what really stands out for a person. Uh, so, uh, Stephen Wright has written to uh, Polygon and has written an article which he names, There are too many video games, what now? As the games industry gets more and more crowded, we look at what small teams are doing to stand out. I don't recommend quitting your day job to anyone these days, says Jordi DePaco with a heavy sigh. DePaco is no newcomer to the erratic world of independent game development, having worked on dozens of prototypes and multiple commercial releases over the years. But while his career has had ups and downs, he sees 2018 as the most challenging year yet for small teams. Everyone can make games, but be realistic. It used to be that you could do something that nobody had ever seen before, or that you could do something familiar really well. Now it has to be innovative and have incredible quality. Dapako says that his studio Deconstruct team has uh, managed to make a profit just off the pre-orders for his first game, Gods Will Be Watching, back in 2014. For its latest game, a 2018 cyberpunk adventure called The Red Strings Club, which received floods of enthusiastic tweets and positive reviews, sales have only started to slip into profit now, many months after its release. And it's the exception, the game that's been able to make it work. Like a lot of game developers, DePaco sees the daily avalanche of games crashing onto online marketplaces such as Steam as a severe threat to his livelihood. I think that if we, if we had released Gods Will Be Watching today, it would have failed, he says, because it used to be 20 games a week on Steam, and now it's 20 games a day. By DePaco's count, there are now hundreds of indie studios sprouting up all around his native Spain, and only 10 of them are actively turning up a profit off their games. He describes a private developer group chat on the messaging platform Telegram that, in, that illustrates the travails of chasing the misty specter of building your dream game. There's basically a lot of people complaining about not being able to make it and being envious about, of other developers and letting their frustrations go, DePaco says. All of the developers I know in Spain, it's something they fear. When they release a game, they sell 500 copies on Steam, if they're lucky. The group's name says it all. They call it the Indiepocalypse. A saturated market. 
over the past decade and change, uh, the number of video games on the market has increased exponentially. Front and center, Steam has surmounted its humble origins and transformed into a behemoth of capital and the port of call for all of PC gaming. Meanwhile, console storefronts like the Nintendo eShop aren't far behind. For independent developers struggling for eyeballs against blockbuster mega-franchises like Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty, it's easy to feel like the deck is stacked against them from the start. But the exponential growth of indie games on Steam has tightened the vice against them even further, making it harder to stand out in an ever-crowding market. The weekly trickle of games flowing into Steam has surged into a roaring river, with the number of games on the platform nearly doubling every year from 2014 to now. Uh, 1,072 that year, 2,964 in 2015, 4,270 2016, and 7,672 games in 2017, according to uh, Sergey Galyonkin of Steam Spy, a site that uses a quickly vanishing trove of public data to estimate the uh, sales of games on the platform. So far in 2018, there have been over six thousand games released on Steam. The majority of them have sold fewer than 500 copies. Prior to the summer of 2017, the Nintendo Switch's eShop saw an influx of five or six games a week at most. Now that number has multiplied by a factor of four or even five, according to Eurogamer, as studios hungry for sales seize the opportunity of a fresh platform. In the mobile market, the situation is even more dire. After years upon years of unprecedented growth, Apple's App Store market grew so crowded that analysts reported almost a 30% decrease in the volume of new submissions in 2017. The less curated Google, uh, Google, Google Play Store experienced no such drop, growing at a rate of 17% year-on-year, a possible side effect of Apple's more aggressive abuse deterrence policies toward app makers. Even with these deflated numbers, however, both platforms receive hundreds of new arrivals per day, if not thousands. As the daily deluge of games continues to pour into these di disparate storefronts and many others, developer developers of all sizes are forced to reckon with the debilitating effect uh, that the crowding shores are having on every level of development, from sole developers building 8-bit dreams in their garages to AAA behemoths cranking away at massive shared worlds. But while enthusiastic hobbyists might simply return to their day jobs if their indie dreams stand fulfilled, the scale of big-budget games spirals ever skyward, meaning that more and more employees may lose their jobs if the studio's one big bet doesn't pan out. The market's hugely different now than from when I started, uh, says Tom Hollenshed, the former president and CEO of the breakthrough shooter factory id Software, who recently joined indie studio Nerve Software. And now a big publisher like Ubisoft would look at uh, would look at a game that sells only a couple million units, which is more than what Doom and Quake sold, as something not worth their time. I was the 13th employee at id, I was the 10th employee at Nerve. The possibilities are very different. Today you can't make a game that moves the needle for these guys without less than 100-200 people. The costs are just astronomical. In the wake of these changes, some studios have developed novel strategies to stand out from the pack, 
such as directing their own unorthodox marketing campaigns or targeting their output directly to the current crop of cachet-wielding influencers who blanket the airwaves with gaming content every day. Some cling to the traditional mantra, stay within your comfort zone, keep up a steady stream of sequels and stick stick as close as you can to an established publisher. But others, stung by the fear of financial failure, have taken more drastic measures. Changing gears. As competitors spring from the woodwork in every genre, some studios that cut their teeth on less popular genres have found themselves galloping toward more populated pastures, eager to elbow in on the next hot trend. But while it's certainly easier to whet the appetites of streamers and other notables by capitalizing on the game of the now, such a transition comes with its own set of perils for both freshly minted newcomers and surly veterans alike. When Finnish studio Housemark released a twin-stick shooter called Next Machina into the wilds of Steam in 2017, it didn't exactly expect to be the game to set Tills alight. Even with those lowered expectations, however, the team behind the acclaimed Defend 'em Up Rezogun, Defend 'em Up, what the heck? Never mind. Found itself shocked at, shocked at the lack of impact that the housemarked name seemed to have on the drove of consumers scrolling through Steam every day. When the sales of uh, when the sales number finally trickled in, Housemark declined to discuss specifics for this story. But see, Steam Spy and this recently patched achievement leak puts the number slightly below 100,000 copies sold as of t- summer 2018. The mood was somber, with the studio's head of publishing, Michael Haveri, describing it as devastating. It was a shock, he says. We had to come back to our senses and realize we had to figure out something else at this point. To a certain extent, we were blind jumping in, he says. We never really considered the commercial viability of a twin-stick shooter in 2017. We didn't even know how to start that conversation with a publisher. So we considered it from a pure artistic perspective. This was the first IP we actually own and created, and the publishers generally hold on to the IPs we work on. So we saw a possible venue to cut out the middleman and do everything for ourselves and make a little more money in the process. Haveri describes the pre-2017 housemark as a studio that eschewed grand strategy for, for the pure impulse of a Twitch action fan. True to form, Next Machina emerged from the company's long-held desire to create, quote, the ultimate Robotron game, just like how Rezogun aimed to one-up the classic Defender. But while the studio succeeded in capturing the spirit of the arcade, even roping in twin-stick pioneer Eugene Jarvis for the ride, Haveri says there are simply too many small developers churning out quality games in that style and genre for Housemark's neoclassical approach to support a studio of its scale. Four months after the news of the game's subpar subpar commercial performance, CEO Ilari Kuttinen uh, uh, published a surprise announcement on on Housemark's website with a headline that blared the now infamous phrase, Arcade is dead, declaring that the team's arcade niche had failed to recoup the sales that mid-sized studio needed uh, to survive. While Haveri describes the provocative post as, quote, a bit of BuzzFeedy clickbait, uh, he says that the views by the com- the views the company's shift in focus as the first step uh, toward a new a bold new image bolstered by less radical tactics 
by capturing the attention of Twitch streamers and other influencers prior to launch, as well as communicating a, sting a single unique mechanic that defies uh, defines a game rather than a laundry list of unclear ideas. Since Housemark's public departure from the jumble of old-school genres that now constitute the ever-nebulous arcade label, the team has shifted its focus toward an entirely new vein of, our, of action game, the upcoming Storm Divers, a fast-paced multiplayer third-person shooter that utilizes show-stopping environmental effects to shake up the ever-growing uh, battle royale genre. While Haveri is enthused by this market-driven concept, he admits that trying to break into the ultra-saturated competitive shooter field where titans like Epic's Fortnite and Blizzard's Overwatch continue to eclipse the spotlight remains a risky proposition. This sense of developing a potential market first and letting the ideas follow is echoed by Dodge Roll, uh, the, the developers behind Enter the Gungeon, a light-hearted but wrist-snappingly difficult roguelite that uh, takes a songbook's worth of cues from Edmund McMillan's The Binding of Isaac. While game developer Dave Crooks is thankful for the millions of sales, he says that the fiendish top-down Gungeon isn't necessarily in the genre that the four-man team first set out to make when they got laid off from EA Mythic Following a studio closure, they had discussed it making a more traditional platformer in the, the vein of Macmillan's other breakout hit, Super Meat Boy. It started as a joke to a joke name to a game, he says, and then once we thought about it, it, se it suddenly seemed like a good idea and a better way to make money than a platformer. We really like platformers, and I would personally play a platformer over something like Gungeon on the store, but when we sat down to design it, we thought, man, how do you even make a platformer after Super Meat Boy? They have 350 levels. How did you even compete with that? Well, it turns out that this was Celeste, but it took a while to figure that out, huh? Designing for the streamer crowd. This isn't to say Gungeon garnered the sort of pre-release hype that the game's publisher, Devolver, expected. To Crooks' mind, the only reason that Gungeon managed to rocket its way to the top of the charts was the sudden realization that streamers were poised to embrace the game with unrivaled vigor, along with the legions of roguelike fans slavering for a stiff challenge of dexterity and wit. Once the game was out there, we started t uh, talking to the bigger Isaac streamers pretty, regular pretty regularly, recalls Crooks. Someone would walk up to me at PAX and say, Yo, uh, Admiral Baru told me that uh, this is the game to play at PAX. Well, to me, I just said, who the heck is Admiral Baru? But it turns out that he's this huge streamer, and someone, uh, someone else walks up and says, people are calling this the next Isaac, and I thought, well, that'd be great. It even changed how we developed the game. The Isaac fans wanted more items to interact with the crazy guns we'd added to the game. The single most critical component of our success was catching the attention of big streamers. That's what made our game. Northern Lion pick, picking up for as long as he did, Markiplier, Lyric, the reach of those people is far beyond anything else we could really do. If you're making a roguelike or an indie game, and you're not thinking about how streamers can help you, then you need to reevaluate your marketing strategy. Uh, there's still a fair chunk to this article, and I'm not going to have the time to get through all of it, but it is quite the read, and I do encourage you guys to go over to Polygon.com. It is currently the cover story. If you scroll down just a little bit, you will see the link for it. Um, 
it's rather enlightening and um, it also gets into how other small teams uh, get their name out there so if you're looking to um, get into the indie development thing it's worth a read you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax
that one was Young Forever by Luke Hash from his album Ghosts, and that is rounding off the hour here for this week. But I shall be back next week with some more crazy stuff and some more fun stuff, and we're going to have some fun because it's going to be the weekend, and that's what I do here. Um, so once again, just as a reminder, um, Nocturne is happening tomorrow, uh, 6 to 12 um, you can go uh, search Nocturne on uh, Nocturne Halifax on you uh, on uh, Google, and you'll find all the information. And it's also available in the coast. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Madame Namiki, Noriki Kamikura, Simon Whittington, Pink Projects, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7 p.m. in the Vinyl Factory at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your uh, chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There is also a podcast version of this show and it is available at lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.